You're listening to B2B Nation, a podcast from Technology Advice designed to help marketers navigate the modern B2B buyer's journey. Here's your host, Mike Pastor. Welcome. In this episode, we're going to take a trip to a corner of B2B Nation that a lot of us don't often think about. When we think about the B2B sector, a lot of the attention seems to be on software vendors, especially cloud-based SaaS vendors, where companies are deploying all sorts of digital tools like MarTech applications, and they're striving to provide a top-notch digital experience for customers and prospects. They're striving to make that buying process as painless and seamless as possible. But while manufacturing makes up a significant portion of the B2B sector, it doesn't get the same amount of attention. I'm Mike Pastor from Technology Advice. Our guide for today's discussion of B2B marketing in the manufacturing sector is Andrew Walker, the CEO of Shift7 Digital, a digital agency that focuses almost exclusively on the B2B manufacturing sector. There's two interesting things happening in B2B manufacturing right now. One is digital transformation, which is a term that gets thrown around quite a bit. But in manufacturing, it's upending business models as businesses that for decades relied on distributors to sell their products are now looking to harness the internet to go straight to their customers. And the other is, of course, the pandemic, which, as it has in other areas, has acted as an accelerant creating an urgency around the need to modernize the marketing and the customer experience in the manufacturing space. Have a listen. Andrew Walker, welcome to B2B Nation. Why don't you take a minute and tell us who you are and what you do? Yeah, great. Uh, thank you, Michael. Appreciate you having me here on uh, on your podcast. Um, yeah, so Andrew Walker, CEO of Shift7 Digital. We uh, consider ourselves a modern digital agency focused exclusively on helping B2B companies, primarily manufacturers, with how they are evolving their customer experience and their technology to support a more digitally focused uh, maturity. Um, As we found out over the last uh, 10 to 15 years, the, um, the improvement of digital experiences in the sales and marketing arena for manufacturers is something that has been a high priority and still an evolution. A lot of our clients we used to work with around the retail and financial services and hospitality crowds, those that spent the 90s and the early 2000s really advancing their digital platforms and transformation. But manufacturers of B2B companies have been a little late to the show. And so we found a real good groove in helping them with thinking about where they're at in their journey and, and moving on that up at uh, transformational kind of step-by-step uh, aspect of their business. So when people talk about B2B, to me, and this is probably colored by the area where I spend most of my time, it seems like they're really talking about the B2B technology space. A lot of the software and hardware manufacturers and resellers and vendors. But I think in the past year, we heard a lot about these other areas of B2B that maybe people didn't think about that often. So like in healthcare, you've got the PPE manufacturing. Most of us didn't know what PPE was a year ago. You've right. got pharmaceutical manufacturing, obviously, because this race to develop and distribute these vaccines. Laboratory equipment, an area where I spent time early in my career selling equipment to laboratories for testing, like the PCR machines that do the COVID tests. And we've also heard about all sorts of supply chain issues that were disrupted and that affected these parts. How do you describe the current state of digital marketing 
in the manufacturing space? Yeah, I think that the tech is uh, uh, somewhat um, uh, largely changed, but really what's changing for B2B companies is the marketing, is the customer experience. And I'm glad you're kind of asking that question. You know, even pre-pandemic and, and with the pandemic, the, the, the overall experience that manufacturers were having with their customers was through distributors. And those were through distributors like the Grangers, the Lowe's, the Home Depots, even big box retailers like Target, Walmart, et cetera. And they were in their stores. Now, there was some online experience and some online transactions, but obviously with the, the shift that's happened this last 12 months in, in our lives, those B2B organizations have had to think about how to promote merchandise, ensure all their products from a marketing perspective are on those distributor channels, on those online retail channels, and the biggest one by far, Amazon, making sure they're on amazon.com. These are some things that manufacturers never had to think about from a marketing perspective. They relied upon the distributors doing all the marketing themselves. And while those distributors have been somewhat compromised because their only store that's been open for a lot of this or been viably open has been the online store, they had to really think about how they quickly think about getting to the end consumer or beef up their distributors' online channels. So for example, you mentioned PPE. Some of our clients that do manufacture and sell that equipment have had to think about, well, we've never once sold through Lowe's or through, our, or through Amazon or through Target on this, but what if we could? What if we should? And getting all of our products on there, or we have some products on there, but not the full breadth, and let alone imagery, let alone product descriptions, let alone managing the ratings and reviews and all the things that we consider as marketing in the digital space um, has been a big zero for a lot of these manufacturers. So the last 10 months has really accelerated sort of the heck out of that. You mentioned transformation, a word that gets thrown around a lot. And a lot of these transformations, making it available to buy through a website where maybe previously you couldn't, like you said, you had to go through the distributor. Yeah. What are the digital marketing initiatives that manufacturers can undertake right now in pretty short order that would help them catch up or maybe become a leader in their digital marketing compared to other manufacturers? Not the big transformation things that take a lot of budget and planning, but what are the small steps that people could probably do in short yeah, order? It, it is a bit of a, the first thing we kind of suggest is a bit of a planning effort, but most uh, manufacturers don't have a good understanding of their end customer. They sell through the distributor. So the end customer is a contractor, is a plumber, is a scientist, is an engineer, is, a, is an ultimate consumer of their manufactured product. And so the first thing we suggest is, do you have a customer or prospect database of those individuals that you could be thoughtful about how you market to them? Because um, you market to them on LinkedIn, market to them on Facebook, market to them on display advertising. Um, uh, key ad words within any of the search engines. If you're going to do those things, you got to at least know where they're at. You got to know who they are, what do they respond to, et cetera. So getting a good understanding of your customers and where their experience touch points are at is a, that's a couple month effort to do that. And that's research, that's, uh, that's surveys, and just getting a general pulse. And a lot of them have a cursory view of their customer, but then after you get that sort of initial couple month effort done to figure out the who their customers are, there's some things they can do around 
outbound email to sending them product awareness, brand awareness information. It's not even about necessarily about buy one, get one free, sort of your retailer kind of promotional email, but just product and brand awareness. The other thing is around, you know, getting your brand out there in the digital channels for just sort of brand awareness from a display perspective. So you see all the imagery within CNN or ESPN.com, like be out there so you're vocal about your brands. And I think from that, they'll start to get some analytics and get some insight around where their customers are shopping, where their customers are at. And this gives them intelligence before they start doing more transformational things, to your point. Yeah, a lot of the brand recognition was just not central to their business. If they knew that you could go to a distributor and get the product, then they didn't have to spend money on the brand part, right? It didn't matter if they knew yeah. that. So it, yeah. it changes their, their budgets and their priorities. It's a big shift. Yeah. And one of the things that we we talk about with a lot of our manufacturers is your distributors often have private label brands uh, that sell a very similar product with you. And I'll pick on the largest distributor, which is Amazon. Amazon has Amazon Basics and they have a similar product that is probably right there in the virtual shelf, you know, similar to yours that customers are looking at. You know, you want to make sure that before there's even a a shopping selection, how are people thinking about your brand? Now, a lot of times manufacturers will say, well, we have a lot of loyalty with our customers. Our loyalty is really high. And I don't discount that it's not, but loyalty can go away pretty quickly when you try Amazon Basics or one of these proprietary products one time and it's good. Then your product quickly serves it move to the background. So it's something to be aware of. And it's a new muscle that manufacturers have had to think about is around brand and product awareness in the digital channels. Is it a source of friction for some of your clients? Because these distributors, they were all on the same team, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now you're competing with people who were like your biggest customers not that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a spectrum of manufacturing clients that we work with marketers, C-level executives that have different uh, mental states, I would say, on their comfort level with disrupting those distributor partnerships that have been around since the 90s or 80s, 70s, you know, for decades. And others that say, listen, those relationships were, they were and are important, but we got to worry about, you know, got to worry about yourself. You got to worry about um, your own bottom line, your own business. And if that means we got to go into competition with our distributors' private label products, or even start going direct to consumer, which I think we're going to see a lot of that, Michael, the next sort of, you know, 12 to 24 months is these platforms and these transformations, as you mentioned, start to really materialize and the, the quick wins happen. We're going to see a lot more manufacturers start going direct to consumer through e-commerce and through an online channel as the next kind of wave. There's some unique aspects of manufacturing and some of the products that they sell. And they present some challenges when you talk about building a digital presence. I think about custom orders, jobs yeah. that require specifications. This is the, the customer experience, you know, in B2B tech and in B2C certainly has been simple experience. How few clicks, how quickly can we get them from the site to the cart to paid for, and the product is on its way. Manufacturing just doesn't work. That's not traditionally how it's worked. So yeah. are transactions like that ever going to move online to the extent that, say, B2B software has? Zoom. Yeah. We're using Zoom, right? I go to Zoom. I put in my credit card. I can have my Zoom subscription ready to go in five minutes. How do you replicate yeah. that? 
Yeah, it's it's a great it's a great point. It is not an easy one for sure. Uh, you're you're hitting on something that is complicated. You know, I, I would say my first kind of opening commentary about this whole thing is that what seemed complicated, you know, ten years ago is not complicated now. Technology advancements are happening all the times, and I know that's kind of a a pithy you know, overarching statement that happens, but to even think about a complicated order of a, of a widget that's unique to us, that's got all these customization and configurations from this company that makes cranes or PPE equipment or for HVAC equipment, like no way could that be done online. No way that has to be done with a, a system and a notepad and a, and a in-person conversation. But technology is crazy how it advances. And that is happening more and more all the time. And there are tools and technologies out there and experiences that allow that stuff that you never imagined 5, 10, 15 years ago. So that's kind of my overarching comment. With that said, it is still not like buying jeans or sweaters or, or, or tennis shoes. You know, it is not that easy. And I think that the manufacturers that are selling, you know, PPE equipment like goggles, um, that is a, uh, Th those can be built in in bulk. They can be uh, they can be packaged in the warehouse as individual units and SKUs. They can be purchased from an e-commerce perspective pretty easily, much like a retail or B two C experience. And then when it gets to the the order management and the fulfillment of it, you know there is a product in a box in a cardboard box that can go out. Others where it's uh, you know big capital assets. You know I mentioned a crane or a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand dollar piece of equipment. You know. That may be a, a while till that's being purchased from an e-commerce perspective, but I would say that the opportunities for those manufacturers is moving more of that shopping experience and that customization experience to an online or self-service aspect, and then it's sort of picked up by and routed to a human, routed to a sales rep, routed to an, a sales engineer that can kind of take it from there because there are complexities in that. Uh, whereas before, you'd have to start from the very beginning as all in-person, in-store, you know, notepad conversation. Um, but again, with all that said, back to my first comment, you know, another couple of years, the technologies are going to be out there for configure price quote and other things to say, hey, this is a really complicated capital asset purchase and it can all be done online. Like, I see it coming. When we talk to marketers in the B2B software space, you get people, they're all using some sort of e-commerce platform. They're all using uh, a content management system, say like a WordPress. What's your CRM? Is it Salesforce? You're using HubSpot to manage your inbound marketing. Where do the marketers and manufacturing kind of fall as far as knowing all the tools and all the options, this kind of broad umbrella of MarTech that powers everything from personalization to the website, uh, is there is there a learning curve ahead for for a lot of that, or have they picked it up quickly? Yeah, you know, um, and and you probably know as much, if not more, than I do with your your experience. You know, I I think that if I kind of sit back and think about you know a couple years ago or even five years ago, and I think about a manufacturing client that I spent time with as a client or a prospect. You know, I would definitely say the learning curve has for sure advanced. The just the concept of Martech is something I I don't have to explain anymore, and that is not I, I don't get scoffed at by a by a old school manufacturing executive. There's a little bit more of a uh, um, yeah I, I understand what you're saying, Andrew, and I can I can comprehend 
that there's a there's a library of things that fit into that around marketing automation and e-commerce and and digital asset management and these things that you need to run marketing um whereas you know a couple of years ago that would you kind of get a deer in the headlights look a lot of times from marketers or as we even used to joke like there was you know sometimes not even a marketing department at all in a manufacturer there was sales and there was investor relations, but there was not even a marketing department. So I, I'm, I'm really encouraged to see that digital and online and digital transformation has, has and customer experience has driven manufacturers to, to realize they need marketing. And a lot of that marketing, for sure, in the last 12 to 24 months has been a, a digital marketing. Um, but with all that said, you know, we as a services organization spend a lot of time both educating and selling in parallel. And, um, you know, I'd love to tell you, I got a ratio or I got a percentage of those that are still edu being educated and others that know know all the right uh, tidbits and, and nouns and verbs and whatnot, but it's definitely increasing. I think what's been sort of um, unfortunate is I think that I was seeing even the last two years, a lot of manufacturing executives, marketing or not, start to attend conferences, digital conferences. And um, obviously, with our, our inability to travel of late and, and not do in-person things like that, that's really kind of, I think, stunted the learning. So it's, if you're not doing self-learning or a services company or agency is teaching you, it's really hard for manufacturers to get smart. And so um, I guess the last thing I uh, comment on this is that we kind of either preach or has a guiding principle is empathy, you know, have empathy for these people that... Um, are in a, in a world of newness around digital and online experiences and digital marketing. Um, but you don't ever want to make anybody to feel like they don't know or they're behind. And so um, having empathy as you teach and educate is really important. Um, always a good principle just in life too, right? So um, just something to share. One of the services that I saw on your website that you guys offer is a digital cleanup. You go into clients and you talk to them and you, you say, we're going to do a digital cleanup. What do you most often find that you're cleaning up? Yeah, great, great question. And it, it, I know it sounds a little casual almost, the word cleanup. And, and, and we try not to offend anyone with that term that we're here to clean up your, your home. But, you know, what we often saw and why we created that service is that um, in the B2B sector, a lot of things were purchased over the last, you know, X amount of years, bought a you know, a software to do digital asset management or a software to do content management, or software to do, you know, marketing automation or e-commerce. And they had sort of acquired a bunch of things in the house. And um, some of them were getting dusty. Some of them were not being used. Some of them weren't integrated correctly, right? And it's kind of like they got, um, you know, with all due respect, like uh, upsold a bunch of things that they really didn't need. To your point, that digital transformation journey, it's like, there's a right time to buy certain things on your journey, you know, and a lot of our clients and prospects we started working with had bought a number of things, but they were, they weren't using them correctly. So we came in and we decided to clean them up. Now, whether that was literally showing them how to use them uh, effectively to drive digital transformation, conversion, adoption, better customer experience, or just to connect them. A lot of times like, Hey, you, you made some great purchases. You, did the right things, but you're not driving this thing correctly, or it's not, you're not using it to its fullest capacity. And so we kind of use the broader term cleanup to kind of come in and organize. 
Um, and sure, sometimes clients had nothing. There was a blank slate. And that was, it's often easy to work in a blank slate in life. But when there's a lot of different things in the house that you weren't quite organized, we would kind of clean it up. And that's been a really helpful um, service for us, for sure, and help clients get, get organized. Five years ago, you, you think the learning curve has come quite a bit in, in the past five years. Five years from now, we might be able to order that 12-ton payloader online and have it <laughs> go up, right? What about the medium term? If you and I were going to have this conversation early in 2022, what do you think mm. we'd be talking about that's different? Yeah, that's a good that's a good crystal ball crystal ball kind of question and, and thought. I, I think that um, whether there is uh, a tremendous amount of high volume e-commerce transactions going through these systems at ma the manufacturer setting up, I think you're going to see a lot of standing up, a lot of standing up of marketing automation, a lot of standing up of e-commerce, but a lot of let's get some of these foundational infrastructure things in place. Let's even do the standup of understanding our customer research. So a lot of these things that probably should have been happening the last few years, but the pandemic and COVID-19 and work from home is, is accelerating it all. I think we're going to see a lot of standup. So I think when we zoom ahead 12 months from now, it's going to be less about, Hey, we need to have an e-commerce site or we need to start to market to our, are real end consumers. It's going to be around how do we do it better? How do we get like real results? How do we like that conversion number seems pretty low. Like before they didn't care about a number. Now it's going to, it's more of a just stand Now it's going to be, a, let's make that number better, which is how you should operate any business. Right. But it's hard to operate against a number when you don't know what the baseline is and you're just standing up MarTech for the first time. So I think in a year from now, my hope and wish and dream is that, you know, there's a lot of marketers that really give a blank about their, about their numbers and are really wanting them to improve and get better, whether it's lead gen, conversions, adoption, whatever it may be. A lot of analyst firms and consultants have these like maturity models, right? Like you, you start here and chart where you are. This is what you yeah. should be doing next. This is what you should be doing next. And that's it. It's, it's baby steps. And I think the thing about digital and the internet in general is like, there's such an instant gratification to it, right? Like I can go on Amazon, I can order almost anything I need and it'll be here in two days. But if you're the person behind all that stuff, that wasn't built in a day. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think that uh, all funny and kidding aside and, and sometimes one day right not two days one day it's here or even day of shipping right right depending on your your zip code i think that you know there's definitely conversations we have with manufacturing clients both today and and maybe it's becoming lesser all the time which is like well what would you like your experience to be i'd like it to be like amazon well mr and mrs client i want you to know that that wasn't built in a day all kidding aside it wasn't even built in a year that's been decades of them you know building a custom configured incredibly robust platform and obviously um we all know the the, the many millions god knows how many the millions have gone into that but that's um that's the that's the bar right that's what we that's where we buy our paper towels and we buy our replenishments of dish soap and things like that and so well why shouldn't i have that for my customers and that be the goal and i think that's fair and that's good but that requires some serious investment and maybe not the same investment that Jeff Bezos needs to do, but you need to do some serious investing that maybe you've never done before. What would you say is the one tool or piece of technology that manufacturers have to have in order 
so that they can succeed with their digital marketing and digital business initiatives? I love that. I love that. Great question. Um, we get that question um, in a different phrase a, a lot from our clients. And when we have the ability to be prescriptive with our clients and, and, and we call it pragmatic, it's, uh, it's have your product information management or the acronym PIM um, in place um, first. It is not the sexiest. It is not the flashiest. It is not the what's, um, what is driving any sort of online experiences or marketing or landing pages or product detail pages or social media uh, pages, et cetera. But it is the underlying infrastructure plumbing that will make everything smooth and seamless um, at how you do your, your brand and product awareness on any of your online experiences, whether they be ones you own or online channels that you are syndicating content to. So what we found often is that many manufacturers have their product and pricing information, some sort of ERP, but all the other marketing information and other sort of product attributes are in spreadsheets, they're in laptops, they're, they're in a variety of places. So we believe that getting your product information organized in a database, or in a PIM, as we call it, to be able to uh, manage it centrally so that the customer experience is seamless, whether it's on Lowe's, your own website, an email, um, you know, any sort of uh, online distribution or online channel that you're promoting it to is consistent is the thing you can't really live without. Um, and um, that's a good, you know, good place to start if you haven't got started on your transformation. All right, Andrew Walker, CEO of Shift7 Digital. Thanks for taking the time to appear on B2B Nation. Thank you. That'll do it for this episode of B2B Nation. Thanks again to Andrew Walker, the CEO of Shift7 Digital, for our interesting discussion in this episode. Thanks to technology advice friends and colleagues, Amy Dunn, Sarah Wingate, and Emily Whalen. None of this would be possible without their help and assistance. And our theme song, composed by Pneumonics in the Guild. Have a listen. We'll catch you next time.